And I've OD'd, uh, I've almost died. You know, I've been shot at, you know, I've been in jail uh, 30 years. It was terrible. Um, and of course, now looking back on it and what he's delivered me from, from all of that uh, up to today, uh, that's another reason I hang on. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, whenever you are listening to the Run the Race podcast. Thank you so much for uh, for joining us. Uh, and uh, you may have noticed I, I took a week off, uh, probably still recovering from all that food I ate on uh, Thanksgiving and the days before and the days after. Uh, thank goodness I, I run as much as I do, you know, 40 to 50 miles a week. Um, but, uh, but I hope you are doing well, you and your family. Uh, thanks again for listening to the 90th episode now of our podcast. If you'd like to listen to any of the previous ones, you can go to WTVM.com slash podcast. We're on Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher. And you, when you go to Apple, if you listen on there, if you have an iPhone or iPad or something like that, you can go to the bottom of the Apple uh, on, on our Run the Race page and write a quick review. Give it five stars if you think it deserves it. I'd love for you to you because know, that helps with uh, to generate you know uh, interest in the podcast, all that kind of stuff. We we talk about fitness stuff, uh, faith inspirational things we we have uh some great guests on, on a weekly basis and so uh we have a really amazing runner coming up in, in the next uh few weeks and and also one of my really good friends a, a pastor who is a, also a huge alabama fan uh, college football season's kind of wrapping up a little bit and uh and also we're in the holidays now christmas is just a uh, a few weeks away, hard to believe 2021 will be gone before you know it as we uh, look forward to in the, in the coming weeks, as we should all year, celebrate uh, Jesus who died on the cross for us. And uh, just recently I, um, I heard a song in church. Uh, I probably had heard it before, but it was called I Speak Jesus, and that really had some great lyrics in it. Uh, it talks about uh, your name is healing, your name is life, break every stronghold. And uh, talks about how, you know, shout Jesus from the mountains, Jesus in the streets, Jesus in the darkness over every enemy, Jesus for my family. I speak the holy name of Jesus. And speaking of songs, later in the podcast, you'll hear me uh, sing a song that, that is one of my favorites. I'm, I'm not a big country music fan per se, but it, this one is one that will uh, tug at your heartstrings and make you think about your life. It's uh, Live Like You Were Dying. So, uh, uh, appropriate for uh, the guests we have on uh, this episode. He's a man that I, I met uh, about two and a half years ago, and I had him on WTVM, and because he had lost a hundred pounds uh, and had started running and, and had uh, dealt with addiction for thirty years, addicted to drugs and alcohol, and, and overcame that uh, by the blood of Jesus and uh, by God, you know, saving his life. He was at um, nearing about 300 pounds, about 295, and lost that 100 pounds thanks to a breakthrough moment he talks about in our conversation you're about to hear. Uh, he was diagnosed a pre-diabetic with liver problems, and so he finally hit the gym and stopped sugar, soda, bread, pasta, all that stuff. And so, again, faith guiding him on that weight loss journey, on that uh, addiction recovery, with that, that drug addiction that had taken control of his life for 30 years and he sought help at the Valley Rescue Mission in Columbus, and that's where he is actually currently employed. He works there uh, right now. He is currently the Human Resources Coordinator, HR, and Family Services Coordinator at Valley Rescue Mission, a great organization uh, that has a, a motto, a slogan of serving Christ in the community. And uh, so uh, he's he's dealt with a, a lot of issues lately as well. This year, his his marriage coming to an end and him coming down with COVID, a really bad version where he's been, he fought it for about a month, uh, still has no taste or smell and dealing with pneumonia recently and uh, having to work virtually and can't really go back to work uh, yet. Um, but, um, you know, I, I remember meeting him after he lost that 100 pounds. He'd gotten into running and uh, he'd ran his first 5K, then ran a, um, I think, close to a half marathon. But now, you know, he lost running as well because of some injuries. Had So, you know, he, he lost running, lost his marriage and lost some of his health. But he said his faith is really shaken, but he's trying to hear God's voice. His faith is not broken. And so he has a story of healing and inspiration a story of struggles about how he still has that faith despite all the heartbreak and everything else he's going through. His uh, his name uh, on Facebook is Rob Restored Morgan. So Rob Morgan. And on, on social media, 
he says, do one thing to better yourself, big or small. Uh, he talks about how you know God makes a beauty of his mess and that quitting is never an option. He has some great things to say. Hopefully you can relate to his his walk with Christ uh, being you know an up and down struggle. I mean things are not you know easy for him. He's he's dealt with a lot of uh, uh, tough times lately, which you may be able to relate to as well. So here's my conversation with uh, with Rob, uh, who was uh, very open about uh, what he's gone through. I'm glad to have uh, Rob Morgan, a, a new friend of mine, uh, here for the podcast. Thank you so much for coming in. Uh, you're it. welcome. It's great to be here. Yeah, and so I know we met like two, three years ago. You were uh, about to run your first 5K. Uh, you know, you had uh, gone through this whole journey of overcoming, you know, decades of drug and alcohol addiction. Yes, and uh, kind of, you know, coming through. Thank, thank thankful to Jesus for that. Right. Uh, but then um, you went on this fitness journey where you were about, I think, 295, 300 pounds. This was several years ago and had a breakthrough moment. And so tell me about, and you lost, what, 100 pounds? Is that yeah, what it was? Yeah, in like eight months. Wow, that's crazy. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. so people people hear that. I mean, we're, we're in the holidays now, and obviously we're all like kind of, you know, uh, doing things with like maybe upcoming parties and families and lots of food and, mm-hmm. and that kind of thing. And it's getting colder outside. So how do you, um, wh- what, what made it click for you in terms of making a decision to like, I'm going to do this and, um, it's going to be a lot of hard work to, to lose all that weight. Oh, right? uh, okay. So, uh, you know, we talked, you know, when we, we first met, we were talking about my six flags journey with my daughter. Um, and I was so big that we were going to ride go-karts together at Six Flags. And um, the defining moment, the, the ending of all that just made me say that's enough's enough uh, was when we, we got into the go-kart and they were putting the seat belts on us and it didn't fit me. I was so overweight that it didn't fit. And it was so embarrassing. And my daughter sitting right there. There's all these people sitting around. And that was like, that was it. That that was the defining moment. That's what just said. You know, I'm not living this way anymore. So there. Yeah. So so what? Uh, then what did you do? I mean, like you said, it took eight months, but still, I mean, a hundred pounds is is a lot. For yeah. You were when you were closing in on three hundred. Right. Know? So um, the, my journey, you know, of course, has always involved God. It's always involved Jesus. So um, I prayed to Him, and He gave me the strength to cut everything out. Like. I immediately cut out bread. I immediately cut out sugar, like this cold turkey. Uh, the sugar I had to help. Had, I, I just put like a little spoonful in my coffee every morning because you can get uh, uh, deep, de- de- well, get some DTs from the sugar. It causes migraines if you just stop sugar all of a sudden. Sure. Um, but everything else, I was able to stop. Um, and then he put a new kind of like desire in my heart to uh, appreciate healthy food. Like he taught me about, he did. You know, of course I did. He led me to articles and things like that. But he kind of taught me that food is a, is a fuel source. It's not a – it's good. I mean, food is comforting, of course, but it is, it's fuel. That's what food is for. It's to fuel the body. It's to take care of our body. And he kind of taught me that and, and led me to articles and led me to people like you and, you know, to kind of watch and say, okay, this is how we do this. But it was amazing. It was a miracle that I was able to drop all of it. Like one day I was doing all that stuff and eating all that crap, and then the next day nothing. And, and so that's kind of where that started. I immediately lost, I think, within the first week, uh, almost ten pounds. But a lot of that was water weight, yeah. you know, because um, I started sweating a little bit and started doing some things like that. So, so. you're cutting out like what soda, bread, pasta, everything, all, the, all, all of it, every bit of. <laughs> I wouldn't eat. Uh, you know, uh, yeah, none of that. Uh, and I didn't know anything about vegetables, really. I didn't understand how you could be creative with them. I didn't know anything at this point. You could make them taste good. You can make them taste good. <laughs> They're actually really good. And he did. He gave me a taste. Once I started figuring out how great it was, um, I did the whole juicing thing, which is super expensive, by the way. But it's really great because it gave me, I actually was tasting fruit and vegetables, like for in the raw form for the very first time. I used to hate beets when I was growing up. I, mean, I love those things now, and it, it, that and juicing taught me that. You know, I had the first cup of beet juice. I was like, man, that stuff is is great, and it boosted my energy and made me feel good. So um, I, I just started having this desire. My body started craving healthy things. I mean, it's a miracle to me. I mean, I, that's the only way I can call it. So. <laughs> <laughs> and then, you know, obviously, the, the eating part of it's such a big part of it. I mean, it can be 70 
percent or more yeah, of more, uh, yeah. the, the weight <laughs> loss part of it. But then you got into running and, and some other different workout activities. And a lot of folks, you know, um, you know, it's kind of a matter of motivation and discipline. Um, but a lot of people don't like running. It's it's kind of like a, <laughs> it's punishment. <laughs> yeah, you know, my sport is your sport's yeah, punishment. Yeah, yeah. Kind of thing. So so what um, what made it click for you that like, hey, I want to go and and do something <coughs> for my my health, my body. You know, in terms of getting fit. Well, just a quick story. Uh, uh, when the Planet Fitness opened in Phoenix City, uh, they had a trailer out in the parking lot forever, like before it actually opened, before they finished building it. Uh, and, you, and they were at drastically discounted rate as far as memberships and stuff like that, which are not that expensive anyway. So I went in like December, and I don't remember what year it was, but anyway, it was the year that they were getting ready to open. And I went and grabbed a, a membership. And then they ended up opening like January or something or more or January or February after that December that I had gotten my membership. I did not show my face in that gym until May of that year. Um, and that I mean, that's the first time I walked in the door and um, I hadn't done anything. Uh, uh, the, the dieting thing that was good, you know, that was starting to come along. But I hadn't really thought of exercise. Now I was going on like uh, idle hour and stuff, and I was doing like little walks and going to parks. Yeah, yeah, parks and stuff, doing little walks like that. Maybe throw a little jog in there once in a while. So I was starting to get a little bit familiar with it. Uh, but then I got introduced to uh, being training to run on a treadmill, which I did myself. Which through God helped me through that too, and and I did research on that, and so I started training myself to run properly. You know, uh, with the treadmill, they, it taught me, you know, how to, my foot strikes and all this stuff. I never even thought about the scientific angle of everything about running because there's a lot to it um, to make sure I don't injure myself and whatnot. Because I was way, I was still overweight. So uh, you can't just go out with, you know, 200 something pounds of extra weight on you and think you're, you're, that your legs and your ankles and all that stuff is going to be just fine with that. So, um, I had to get my weight down to an acceptable level to be able to even run in the first place. Um, then the next thing you know, uh, I'm like, I started out, it about killed me. That treadmill, about, I about died on it. Uh, I think I did like a half mile, just a slow, like when I say slow jog, slow jog. <laughs> and then that started just kind of building. And it was, this is rapid, it, it, it just, but it did start building. I started doing the stair machine there a little bit, started to build up my legs a little bit. I got introduced to that torture device. Um, but I, I got led to do that. Um, the next thing I know is I'm, uh, going outside, uh, because I'm an outdoor guy. I like being outside. So we'll just take this show on the road and see what's happened, you know? <laughs> so, uh, to see what I've learned, let's see if I've got anything, you know? Um, and of course this is in the middle of summer, uh, and I about died, you know, uh, you know, <laughs> it's right just, it, yeah, yeah, it's terrible. And, and of course the river walk is awful. It's beautiful out there, but being by the water and that's where I chose to start. And, um, but you know what, uh, I just started getting used to it and 92 degree, you know, I remember one time I thought I was going to have a stroke out there. It was like 92 degrees outside and I ran like five miles that day or six miles that day after work, you know, and, um, I, then I started to develop, uh, this, this thing, like you said, like a love hate for running, <laughs> but the spiritual side of running is amazing. And it's hard to explain it to people who have never done it before. It's absolutely the greatest thing in the whole world. And, uh, I started running and like on Saturday, I couldn't wait. Saturday was my long run day. And when I say long run, I'm running 10 miles. This is a guy that's never could barely run a half mile. And this is all within, you know, a little bit over the eight months, you know, uh, but I would go on a river walk early in the morning and in some of those pl places out there, when you start going toward Fort Benning, it's kind of dark out there. You kind of step on things and you don't know what they are, if they're alive or not. And, uh, but anyway, some of the best moments I had with God were out during those early morning long runs on Saturdays. So, um, it, it's, it's absolutely something that I never thought that I would love so much. But, yeah. yeah, and and I know that obviously you know you've had uh, the 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 weight loss plan lately that you wouldn't uh, wouldn't try wouldn't uh, recommend to others in terms of COVID. I want to talk to you some about that a little bit, and also about some of the injuries you dealt with. But I want to before we go to go there, I want to go a little bit to the faith piece, like you were just talking mm -hmm. about, and how um, adversity maybe creates opportunities for faith or, or creates like at least a decision you make. You know, mm -hmm. and um, you're talking about you know you and I were just in talking over the last week, you know. 
off mic about how um, your faith is shaken but not broken. That's is how right. you described That's it. Right. So, you know, a lot of folks that may be listening, you know, we, we a lot of us do ask why, and, and we go through crisis, maybe after crisis, especially over the course of this last year and a half during the pandemic, and, you know, dealing with, you know, a lot of us deal with personal things going on, whether it be work or our family or whatever. So, you know, what would you say in terms of, I mean, because you've been through a lot over the last, you know, year or two, mm-hmm. um, you know, and that, so a lot of adversity. So how, how is your faith now? Um, I mean, it, it, it's definitely, again, it's shaken. It's not broken. Um, like I think you and I discussed, you know, the, 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 I, my faith in God is strong as, as far as in what he can do. Um, but I also know, but my, but that doesn't, that doesn't really change the outcome of, of what's going on in my life right now with the COVID and pneumonia and all this other stuff that I've been dealing with. What, what gets me is, is that I know my relationship with him is strong, but more importantly, he knows that my relationship with him is strong and that he knows my heart and he knows that, that, um, even though we all sin, we all fall short of the glory of God. I'm not an evil person. And I, and I want to serve him, and I want to glorify him. So he knows that. And so I have faith to know that he knows that. And so that all this stuff I'm going through, you know, is some sort of crazy training camp <laughs> for, for what he has in store for yeah. my life. So that's the way I kind of look at that right now. Yeah, And, and, and he hears me. I know he does. Sure. And, and <laughs> we, we know and we believe that God can do anything, but is it in the midst of going through the fire? Right. And, and, and you're, as you still continue to go through it, whether health issues or uh, you know, issues with your marriage or whatever, is, is it um, where you um, feel like that, like, do you get discouraged or, or, and then, yeah, that's the human element, obviously it's, it's natural. Or do you feel like that? Okay. I know it's going to be okay. Uh, I have good days and bad days. I mean, there's days where I just like, you know, especially when symptoms start kind of kicking in and, uh, I mean, I was resentful at God at first. I really was. I was mad at him. I mean, I'm not going to lie, you know, and God expects us to go through that. I, it's not, he knows our heart, so why I try to hide it? So sure. I just go ahead and talk to him, and I yell at him, and I get mad, you know, because you know when I couldn't run anymore, that that liked to, that was my one thing that that, that that you know that my outlet, and I was so mad and so just absolutely furious at him for allowing this to happen to me. Um, but as I've gone through this past year, which has been just absolutely crazy. Um, I know, I just have that, that faith in my heart to know, again, that because I'm 100% real with him, just like he's 100% real with me, that he has uh, plans to bring him glory, and, and he has plans to take, this is just another chapter of my testimony. You know, am I going to be able to run again? I don't know. You know, we're going to have to see. Um, but whatever he's got in store is going to be much better than I ever thought it was going to be. And, and that's what I hang on to. But, yeah, some days are worse than others. Some days I'm just like, oh, my God, I give up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, 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 and you work at a place, Valley Rescue Mission, yes. that, that is it helps people, you know, addiction recovery and you know, helping people that are down and out or homeless and, and maybe don't have anything or much. So, I um, mean, what would you say, whether it be just people in general listening, like, you know, in terms of you said it's holding on to that faith, but it's sometimes it's like by a thread, right? Yeah, it is. <laughs> it, it, it is. It is by a thread. Um, um, uh, it, it's just really your personal relationship with God. You know, do you really have a personal relationship with God? I mean, I'm not being judgmental. You know, I'm saying, but do you? You need to really examine that and check that out. Because if you really do have a personal, and you've had an encounter with Jesus Christ, our Savior, you're going to know that. And, and in the worst of times, which I've been through some of the worst so far, um, in the back of my mind, there's always been that nagging thing that he is with me. And he is, uh, he is beside me. I have a scripture I want to share if you don't mind. Sure, sure. Um, hold on. I had it pulled up. But Psalm 4, 3, and this is so simple. But know that the Lord has set apart the godly for himself, and the Lord hears when I call to him. So when you people get overwhelmed, and, and that, that's the first thing that I had to do. Okay, I'm, let me check my relationship with him. Let me make sure, did I really have which I already know, but I mean, but I did still one day start from the bottom and work my way up. You know, where, where's my relationship with God? I have had an encounter with Jesus Christ. I have, when I got saved, I got saved. And I remember it like it was yesterday. Um, and I heard his voice, you know, 
some people think that they have, I don't know, and again, I'm not being judgmental, they think they have some kind of relationship with God, but do you really? You know, have you really talked to him like you and I are sitting here talking right now? Uh, do, you, do, you, do you do that with him? Because if you do, he's going to also give you that same little comforting thing in the back of your, in, in your heart and in, in your mind of, I got you. Everything's going to be okay. Just, 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 listen, just listen to what I'm telling you to do. And, and so uh, that's what I encourage people to do. Check your relationship with him first. If you don't know who he is, please find somebody that can teach you and, and uh, mentor you or show you who Jesus Christ really is and, and teach you about salvation. Yeah, and speaking of that, you know, in terms of asking for help and, 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 and getting that help, you know, you dealt with, I believe you told me when we talked earlier, 30 years of drug and alcohol addiction. <laughs> yeah. um, so, I mean, was this like you were, it was a, I mean, hard stuff, did, did it, did you almost like, did it almost cost you your life maybe or, or land in jail, I guess, as mm -hmm. well? Yeah. Um, I mean, I've OD'd, uh, I've almost died, you know, I've been shot at, you know, I've been in jail, uh, 30 years. It was terrible. Um, and of course now looking back on it and what he's delivered me from, from all of that, uh, up to today, uh, that's another reason I hang on because he delivered me from all that. You know, I celebrated 12 years of sobriety this year. I mean, 12 years, no drugs, no, I don't have any desire for that. He's totally taken that away from me. But, you know, Jesus still said there's going to be trouble. You know, just because you got delivered from drugs and all that stuff, there's still going to be problems. Um, but good Lord, I mean, he actually saved, I mean, he saved my life, literally. And the one thing, you know, Revelation 12, 11 says they overcome by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony. That's the one thing that somebody can never take away from you. You know personally what God has done for you, and that is such a powerful, powerful tool in the kingdom to be able to share that with somebody. So, look, I know, I know. You can't, you can't, uh, you can't take it and say, well, this is what probably what it really happened. No, no, bro. I know it happened because I was there. And <laughs> Jesus did this for me, and he can do it for you. And so uh, that's my that's my bag, you know. I, I just uh, other addicts. I have a big heart for people who are uh, who are addicted to drugs and alcohol, etc. Yeah. And yeah. you can't have a testimony without a without a test. You, that's you, right. You, <laughs> right. You've had those, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, and, and what is for you? I mean, obviously, you know, for those that like Valley Rescue Mission, going through drug or alcohol addiction, uh, I get you can relate to them. You can understand, like like I, I was where you were at, or I, I get it. And it's not, it's not an easy thing to just kind of say, okay, I'm going to stop this. Right. Uh, it's not, you know, quitting cold turkey is a rare thing, you know. So um, I guess for you, that's part of the healing process. You're able to help others that are went mm -hmm. through what, what Rob Morgan did, right? That's right. That, that is uh, probably the, the biggest tool uh, or weapon in my arsenal is to, to be able to, to, com to combat the enemy, to keep him off of me, is to be able to go out and serve others and be able to talk about Jesus that this whole COVID thing pneumonia thing I've been on isolation and, and stuff for over a month now and not having that connect uh with that with with Valley Rescue and, and, and as far as my physical presence being there and having the opportunities that I did I get daily working at Valley Rescue to uh, possibly help people out or talk to somebody or be an encourager or whatever God would have me do um, that has been probably one of the hardest things for me to go through, because uh, it's taken away an advantage. You know, that was a, that's an advantage, you know, to be able to do that and, and, and to be able to talk to people. Um, whether it's just to sit there and listen to somebody talk about, you know, what they're going through, listen to some other dude to say, hey, man, I'm dealing with this, I'm dealing with that, I'm, you know, whatever. Because this is life and death for these guys. It's life and death for the women that are in our care as well. Um, and I know that firsthand. And um, so sometimes it's just about, you know, you being at the right place where God places you and just listening to somebody speak about what, the, what they're going through and then being able to relate. Man, that can change your life because it changed mine. So yeah. there you go. And I want to be that guy. Yeah. Well, I mean, and, and like, like you said, it's doors open to, to share your testimony, but also to, to uh, help people understand, oh, I'm not alone. That's you know, right. You That's know, right. Uh, other people go through this. And you were talking about going through the COVID and pneumonia and, and kind of you've been dealing with that for, you know, 
that that for like a month. So yeah. it's not like this, like, oh, I'm, I'm two weeks and then I'm back to work. You know, yeah. unfortunately, it kind of sometimes hangs on. I have friends that are very active and, and runners and they have had COVID and they've, you know, have felt that fatigue for months, you know, mm-hmm. and so it's, it's something that just kind of holds on to you. So for you, you're not able to maybe get out and exercise or do things that you normally get mm-hmm. to do, right? I mean, well, you've, you've lost, uh, you lost some weight through that process as well, right? Yeah, I've lost some more <laughs> weight. Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm not even going to tell you what I weigh right now. My doctor, <clears throat> I actually went and seen him yesterday, uh, and, and he was shocked at because I was already underweight as far as he was concerned, and so um, and that's just strictly diet and just doing minimal well the exercise that I can do, um, and then so I lost even more. Because, uh, yeah, because of COVID. So I do not recommend that diet. So do you feel like that, I mean, uh, hopefully, I guess you'll be able to kind of overcome this. But, I mean, like, what what has it taught you in terms of, like you said, it's an isolation bit where you're there for, like, you can't go to work and you can't be with, you know, uh, friends or loved ones, uh, like, in person necessarily and can't go and, like, maybe work out like you want? Um, has, it, has it taught you anything, this, this piece of, like, okay, well, <clears throat> I mean, because it gives you a lot of opportunity to be by yourself or be with God, right? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, you just hit the nail on the head. So, uh, so yeah, God and I have gone back and forth. <laughs> through this whole thing, you know, um, but I've, uh, I feel like, and I, I still feel this way, uh, for some reason he needed to stop me in my tracks. For some reason he needed to set me down, you know, and it's not always the way that you want it. It's not always the way that you expect because God is his God. So I feel like that uh, he literally just picked me up and picked me out of the game for whatever reason. And we've discussed that, you know, and I'm like, okay, I've learned my lesson. Whatever lesson I'm supposed to be learning here, I learned it. Okay, can I be set free from this? You know, and I begged him to heal me. Yeah, yeah. You know, I begged him to take this away from me. I, I just can't keep going on. Uh, and this is kind of a, like, but it's not a woe is me thing, but it's, it's just the truth. So last week was my birthday, and then we had Thanksgiving. So, birthday, by the way. thank you. <laughs> uh, I've always worked Thanksgiving Day, and I've always worked Christmas Day through Valley Rescue. Um, and I've always never, I've never looked at it as a burden. Like, oh man, you know, I got to work on Christmas. It's always been like an enjoy. I've always enjoyed that. Those are important holidays was, for like a ministry, like right, that, right. Sure. Um, but this year was super important to me because you know we've talked about you know my my marriage and some other things that we have talked about privately. Uh, and this is the first year without my family, and this is like a lot of stuff was going on. I said, this year more than ever, working Thanksgiving Day is going to be such a blessing to be able to go. Like you say, when you serve others, it kind of takes the focus off of you and and helps you heal um, by helping other people, and especially seeing people who have a whole lot worse than you do. Yeah. Um, And so that really, between me and God, that really got me upset because I was not able to do that. So I had to sit last week and go through all that pain of that, and I'm like, what? I mean, what What else? Do you, what are you trying to tell me? Just go ahead and tell me what you're trying to tell me. But he doesn't operate like that. He doesn't, he doesn't get, you know, dictated terms by us. He's exactly. the one to, he's the God. He's the Alpha and the Omega. You yeah, know what I mean? We're not going to tell him. You know, we're not going to tell him how to do his job. You know what I mean? So yeah, yeah. Uh, we just have to sit here and, and um, stay in the Word. Uh, I've stayed in the Word. Uh, I've been in the Word more now than I've been in a long time. Uh, it got me back in church again because I kind of, you know, stepped away from church a little bit. Uh, and a lot of that has to do with what the whole nation has gone through or the whole world's gone through, you know, with COVID and the pandemic and stuff, you know, a lot of churches have gone to online and it was exclusively online. And so as the church started back opening up, we kind of were stuck in that complacency of not actually going out and worshiping with other believers in a building. Uh, we still look like, oh, I'll just stay home because this is how I've been doing it for so long. So it's actually got me back in church. It's got me uh, fellowshipping again. Um, so there's been some positive things that come out of this. So uh, I just have to trust him. Yeah, I think I, I saw you post, um, uh, you know, you're very active on, on social media, and you, you post on Facebook about how Lord helped me see, and you were like, Lord, uh, I want to see your purpose. I want a clear pathway. That's right. So right. That, a lot of times we're just, we have like, like uh, something over our eyes where we not really, like we maybe see what we want to see, but not really what, what he wants us to see, right? That's right. Yeah, we always try to, we always, you know, this is the human nature. 
you know, we try to take the wheel, you know, we try to take it to take the wheel from him when he's in, clearly in control. He's clearly, we just have to have that faith to believe that um, no matter how bad the circumstances. And even with my COVID and my pneumonia stuff that I've been going through, which has been horrible, I thought I was going to die. Um, but, and I still feel like that some days, man, there's so many people that like lost their lives. Uh, we've got people that have been in the hospital for months and months and months with this, this, this virus. Um, I have friends personally that were on respirators and, you know, it just, it was just awful. Um, so at the end of the day, you know, we just literally have to count your blessings and see, and see, and see that it's not, it could be a lot worse. Yeah. 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 It's definitely a matter of life and death. And, and, uh, you know, I know for you, you talked earlier about this, alluded to this, about how running became a kind of a, a, an outlet for you. And it was an important part of your life on a, on a regular daily basis. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, it's, it's not a life or death situation necessarily, but it's something that you were passionate about. You enjoyed, it was a good, you know, for you probably mentally and physically all the above. So, you know, uh, um, when you talk about how, you know, you, you dealt with some injuries as well, this was oh. pre, <laughs> pre COVID. Um, so, yeah. uh, and, and what was that like? Because a lot of folks maybe that may be listening, you know, they, uh, especially maybe they're newer runners or whatever else, and they go through these injuries. And that can be, it can be frustrating because it's like that thing that you, you're used to doing gets kind of like taken away. You have to come up with like, okay, do I still go work out or do something else, right? Mm -hmm. So, yes, um, uh, I've had a couple of injuries. Uh, I torn meniscus in my knee uh, twice because uh, my doctor uh, told me, uh, he says, you can still run, but you just need to kind of take it easy. And I said, define easy, you know, <laughs> um, because by this time I'm like all in, you know, I'm like, uh, I'm I, the furthest I've ever run, I think is 12 miles. I did get 12 miles in. That's my longest run. Um, and I'm like just a beast about this, you know, now. And I, and so, but in the process, I didn't listen to my doctor's advice and went out and re-injured myself. Um, so uh, there's that. Um you have to listen to your body, you know, it, it's, okay. you know, not everything I did was good. You know, I kind of pushed myself too hard sometimes and I'm lucky I didn't hurt myself worse than I did. Sure. And some of the things I put myself through. Um, but when I did it, uh, I also got a, a, a neck injury. There's, there's a lot of other stuff going on. I got diagnosed with rheumatoid arthritis, which is in my feet and in my hands. Uh, that was happening all at the same time this year. So <laughs> it's like, uh, uh, so the, definitely the cards were stacked against me, but the, 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 the day at Six Flags where I made that decision that I, that I'm not going back, that I'm going to go forward from here stuck with me. So I invested in a Peloton bike I mean, that's an expensive thing. And, uh, I rode it like really crazy for the first two weeks I had it. And then of course it, I never hung clothes on it though. So it never became <laughs> a clothes hanger. Um, but my running kind of started coming back a little bit. And so I kind of ignored the bike, but let me tell you something with everything else that's gone on, even during COVID, uh, that bike literally saved my cardio. It saved, it saved, uh, it, it helped my legs. It helped, you know, it still kept me not in tip top shape, but it kept, well, it can, if you really want to be diehard about it, uh, cause it's a great, it, the whole thing is a great program, but the, and the bike itself, but it kept me, it kept me where I was like, I could go out and train probably pretty quickly and start and get my running back again and get my cardio back again where I needed to be. So I highly recommend that don't give up, you know, find you something else to do, something to get that heart pumping, whatever, whatever it takes to get that heart moving and get that heart pumping. I highly suggest whether it be a Peloton bike, whether it be treadmill, whether it's just walking around the block. I mean, there's no excuse not to do something. You know, considering what your injury is, you know, and listen to your doctor. Whatever your doctor tells you to do, please don't don't think you got it because you're smarter to them because you're not. Yeah. You know, listen to them. And this is a sports medicine doctor, so obviously, you know, I mean, <laughs> you know what he's talking about. So yeah, just listen to your body. You know, don't give up. You know, if you lose running, I, I know how hard it is to get in, to lose running. I mean, it absolutely. I thought it was going to finish me, and I say, well, no, 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 no. I've worked too hard to get to where I'm at, we've got to figure out alternatives here. We've got to figure out something else to do. And so that mindset has got me to where I'm at right now. And the biking doesn't have a, that, I mean, some people, 
uh, are uh, you know their body is 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 okay with like the pounding on a pavement or even low trail impact, or whatever. Yeah. But the the bike and maybe like swimming things like that, mm-hmm. you're not really having that pounding on on your feet on your knees or things like that. So it it can make a big difference. So sometimes you know you just have to come up like you said with those alternatives, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's uh, yeah the biking and even the treadmill and stuff like that. It's all low impact. So it's not pounding. Yeah, like you said, your knees and your ankles aren't taking a pounding. So, you know, try that. You know, if you can't run, run, uh, then try something else. Don't give up. Don't throw it all away. You know, if you're not at that place in your running life where you, fi- where you figure, uh, you know, oh, I get it now. I get it, you know, and you still kind of love, hate it. But if you haven't got to that point and you're searching for that, what is everybody, what is Jason talking about? You know, what is Rob talking about? You know, just just keep pushing. You're going to figure it out how beautiful, absolutely wonderful running is. And on top of that, the most important thing I can say is if you're able to run or if you're able to exercise, and I'm sitting here right now with pneumonia and just wanting so bad to hit the road right now and just run and just run, 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 run. Shame on you if you don't get out there and do something to better yourself. Do something to better yourself. You know, no matter, it doesn't have to be huge. Do you know, go out there and walk a mile, you know, do whatever. But if you're able, physically able, and nothing holding you back, then shame on you. You know what I mean? Because I'm sitting there, I'll take it. You know what I mean? I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll trade places. Yeah, I'll trade places with you in a heartbeat because I'd get, I would never take that for granted again. Yeah. Do you, um, you know, uh, in your journey of, you know, kind of overcoming, you know, drug and alcohol addiction and then getting on this uh, kind of journey of losing 100 pounds and fitness and running, that kind of thing. Do you, obviously you do that because like, okay, God gives me, you know, the tools and, and gives me the motivation to do this. And I do it for myself because I want to look better and feel better and, and just, and live <coughs> and, and longer. Um, but, but on the other side of that, do you see like, especially as you share, you know, on social media, do you see that, you know, maybe it's an inspiration, whether it be your, you know, overcoming addiction or the weight loss or the running, the inspiration to other people, do other people come up to you, maybe friends or, or people that you used to know, they're like, man, you've changed a lot. And, and maybe that gives them to, um, to kind of think about, oh, maybe, you know, I need to go running too or something like that. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, one thing that I do on my social media that I try to do, um, I tell it all. I don't just tell all the good, the good, bad, the yeah, yeah, good, bad, is, is that perfect. Yeah, good, bad, and the ugly. I tell it all because I... I've shared this whole journey on Facebook, and um, and some pe- a lot of my people that are close to me, they get it, you know, because I know that God's going to be glorified. You know, I'm going to continue to do that because the journey is going to be seen. It's going to be seen, and at the end of it, God's going to be glorified, and he's going to, and, and, and I'm going to be okay. I'm going to be more than okay. So this is documentation of everything, the good, the bad, the ugly, everything in between. So, yeah. yeah. And then, you know, we're um, obviously talked about Thanksgiving earlier, having to kind of sit there, kind of make your own plate and kind of be by yourself. And and then uh, (laughs) we have Christmas coming up in just, what, three weeks or less than three weeks. Mm -hmm. So, you know, through the holidays, you know, as like as somebody who's been through such a rough year uh, with, you know, personal life and and other things, um, and and a lot of people can relate. Mm -hmm. Um, So, you know, are the holidays supposed to be a a time of joy and happiness and togetherness? But, uh, you know, um, it can be a tough, tough time for mm-hmm. folks as well, right? Mm-hmm. And, so, and, and what you guys, part of your job is helping people to like, okay, we want you to have joy at Christmas, right? Right, right. So, yeah, we, uh, you know, at, at Valley Rescue, of course, we do, uh, we have a toy store. We, we gather toys throughout the year. A lot of great people in the community donate toys to us. Yeah. And uh, we have our toy store that's open, so we're able to give children who, uh, or the parents, you know, the opportunity to give their child, you know, Christmas to where they probably couldn't do that. Um, and then we, of course, uh, we do a feeding too on Christmas Day so that, so people who don't necessarily have the means uh, can at least come in and be around other people and enjoy that spirit of being all together and, uh, and sharing, uh, having some sort of Christmas. And, and the best part is, is of course the children, you know, to see kids coming in there and, uh, and and to see the parents, it's like with that relief in their face, like, okay, you know, it, you know at least they're happy, they're happy, that that brings me joy. Um, to see kids with, you know, toys and stuff where otherwise they wouldn't have it. I mean, just to be part of that kind of ministry is absolutely amazing. And then, of course, the other side is, which you already know this, 
but to share with everybody else. So, you know, most of the people who do the work at Valley Rescue are actually our people who are in our addiction recovery programs, both the men and the women. So they actually start learning about ministry and they get to start serving uh, people and they get to experience firsthand you know, like, wow, you know, I thought I had it bad, but I really didn't. Wow, I didn't know this was going on. I didn't realize that people were so uh, hurting so bad and stuff. So it gives them a, a first look at serving others in the name of Jesus, you know. So that that right there to me is one of the most amazing things to see guys and women who are in addiction recovery in our programs out there and, and, and mingling and, and working with people like that. It's, it's an amazing thing to watch. And it's eye-opening. It's, and it's not necessarily like, like, look what I did, look what this ministry did, mm-hmm. it's look what God did. That's right, know? that's right. And kind of using that as, as a branch. Right. Um, and then, you know, you guys also, in terms of uh, Valley Rescue Mission, um, you're able to, you know, the, the slogan is, Serving Christ in the community. People right. heard, heard the jingle, whatever else around here. So, um, <coughs> and that, that so it's it happens over the holidays, but it's kind of it's year round. It, it's right. It's so you know, um, what's it like to be a part of an organization that like it, Christ is is the is the centerpiece of what right. you guys do, right? Right. Yeah. Well, first of all, you know, the, was the obvious. You know, in this day and time, unfortunately, um, it's a blessing to be able to go to work and be able to talk about Jesus. Yeah. So there's that, 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 there's that, you know what I mean? So that's a, that's a pretty big thing, especially these days, you know, um, but, uh, to, to work in an organization where, uh, you know, it's focused on being the hands and feet of Christ is, is an absolute honor and it's, it's, it's humbling. Uh, and like you said, it's not just for Christmas and Thanksgiving. I mean, um, I do the family services coordinator job there as well. So I help people pay their utilities and, you know, and help them just kind of get past, you know, get over these little humps that they're dealing with. Um, so it is an absolute uh, honor to, to, to be able to do that, you know, and to be able to go into a place and, you know, uh, all right, we have a new president and CEO, uh, and I met him for the first time face-to-face on Tuesday, and the first thing he did, he came in my office, and he put his hand on me, and he prayed for me. Where's that happen? Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like, you know, wow. You know, that, that, and so, wow, I, I am so blessed to not only be a product of the mission, but to also be there as long as I have and work there as long as I have and, and to, to be a part of, 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 of something great. You know, that Howard Mott started, you know, you know what it was like 60-something years ago. Um, so, uh, yes, great. Serving Christ in community. Valley Rescue, it, it, it's a it's a great place to be. And, you know, um, in, in the Bible, you know, Jesus says, you know, follow me. But a lot of times people that are down on their luck, maybe financially or going through addiction or they lost their family or whatever else, it's, it, it's sometimes it's obviously it is more difficult to follow me. To, to But that's an action, right? That's yeah. you have to walk. And so maybe it takes like a Rob or somebody else that works at a place like Valley Rescue Mission to help pull them up and then they then they okay then then they, but then they have to do the walking themselves that's right? right yeah we discussed that you know our interview from whatever long time ago uh, that's something that i've always used as a tool is that you know jesus said follow me um he didn't say he's gonna do it for you he said just follow me so that the, the thing that jesus does is he gives you the strength and the courage uh and the uh, uh the the feeling that you're not alone but you have to but you have to actually walk it out you have to have faith because without faith you're dead i mean it's just it, there's nothing so you have to have the faith uh to to actually walk out what god has planned for you um there's people in a, and it's in any organization i don't care where you're at they take advantage of the situation and you know they're always the first ones when the time limit runs out they're the first ones to come back and try to get that same help again and all that but i like i see Every once in a while, I'll see uh, somebody that was really down and out. Uh, we fed them. We gave them clothing. Uh, we might have paid a bill or two for them or something like that and helped them out. And to have them return to the mission and have their own car or, you know, and, and they look, they're all cleaned up and, uh, you know, uh, they've got a job now and their family and all that. So, and these were homeless people that didn't have anything. Um, I really, this is like a, I don't know, this is like one of the special things for me I like. I like people who come up and say, look, 
I need clothes because I'm trying to go to this job interview. Yeah. Uh, that right there is like, wow. And I'm like all over it. Hey, you need to call me. I give him a card, you know, call me. I want to know if you got a job or not and all that, because it, how amazing it is to be part of something. That's all they want. Yeah. You know, not a handout. They want a hand up. They need well, they want, well, they, they want to see that you care, that you see them. Right, right, as, right. As a, as a real person. Right? That's right. So it's amazing to be able to be a part of that journey for them. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Amen. Well, we thank you and, and all of the Valley Rescue Mission, what you guys do on a regular basis, because I know sometimes it's, you know, there could be tough days or people maybe that are getting that hand up or maybe not appreciative or whatever but right. but we, we're, we're thankful for what you right. guys do so yeah. we appreciate it and, and well we just gotta you know it doesn't matter what they do that's between them and jesus sure. we're there to serve christ we're not there really to serve them we're there to serve jesus yeah whatever they do with it you know <laughs> what i mean that's on them but it's always amazing to see a change in somebody based on what we were able to help them do yeah so. Yeah. Well, that's awesome. That's yeah. awesome. Well, if you don't mind, uh, let me uh, let me pray for you. Yeah, okay, that yeah. sounds good. Yeah. <laughs> Dear Lord, I pray right now for uh, for Rob, for his health. Lord God, that you will restore his lungs and that you will help him uh, to be able to be back on his feet again, back in his job, uh, serving Christ, serving you, and, and, and helping the people uh, throughout our community dealing with, uh, you know, we pray for them as, as they deal with, you know, uh, drugs and, and alcohol and uh, losing their job or being homeless. Uh, Lord God, that you just help them and, and also uh, be with Rob. And as you know, he, he deals with any kind of family issues, help him emotionally and spiritually, give him a sense of peace, uh, give him, uh, you know, just th- know that there are people that care for him. And Lord God, that his story can resonate and uh, bring people closer to you and that, uh, that he will be able to know that to be encouraged that uh, what he's doing is having an impact on other people, but uh, Lord God, mostly that's having an impact on your kingdom. And uh, we just thank you for this opportunity to, to, to lift your name up and to talk about you, to talk about fitness and, and being healthy overall as, as we all you know, strive to be better and that to, to take care of these, these temples, uh, which is our bodies as it talks about in the Bible. So we thank you so much for this opportunity. And uh, um, especially in this holiday season, as we celebrate you, Christ, that we celebrate you throughout the year, not just this holiday season. You name it, pray. Amen. Amen. Yeah. All right. Well, cool. Thank you so much, man. And, and Rob, uh, we'll hopefully see you out there, uh, um, you know, whether it be peloton or running <laughs> or something like that. Yeah. And, and I mean, you never know. You'll be, you'll be back at it again and, and uh, you, you'll, you'll find something, you know, that, uh, that, you know, that you can be passionate about, but being fit at the same time. That's right. right. Yeah. That's right. It's yeah. super important. To, you know, my fitness is, and my health is everything to me now where it didn't matter before. It matters now. Yeah. yeah. Amen. Cool. <laughs> Thanks so much. All right, man. And if nothing else, uh, Rob Morgan is a a testament, a testimony of what you can go through and still uh, have that uh, faith in God. And also, as we approach the new year, uh, just around the corner, a few weeks away, uh, 2022, uh, we all, you know, kind of have those goals and it could be involved in weight loss or going to the gym or running and and uh, just kind of being a healthier person overall. And uh, Rob, you know, has showed us a prime example of, you know, and he's kept that weight off uh, through the, th- through the years lately. And so, uh, you know, he, he had, uh, something that he thought may be impossible to do and others may have thought so as well, but lost that a hundred pounds. And so congratulations to him. We, uh, we're continuing to pray for him as he, uh, tries to overcome some of these health and other challenges he's going through. And God's going to use him, uh, to really, uh, brighten other people's lives as we head into Christmas. Now to our final segments of the podcast, including what I promised you about a little singing for me that hopefully will, uh, at least the lyrics will inspire you. And also uh, some uh, um, inspiring quotes uh, have to do with uh, overcoming adversity. Now the song you're about to hear me sing a little bit of it comes from uh, Tim McGraw, a country music superstar. This was his eighth album that came out in 2004, and uh, now probably his most popular song ever, Live Like You Were Dying. Spent seven weeks at least at number one, uh, and it starts off the story of a man in his early 40s who finds out that his father is dying, and uh, so he worries about the x-rays and the time he has left, and so it's all about living life to the fullest and finding forgiveness and loving deeper 
and um, you know, all about uh, self-reflection. And and Tim McGraw actually kind of you know from what I, we read here in this in this article on Wide Open Country. He talks about how you know he easily connected with the words uh, written by Tim Nichols and Craig Wiseman uh, because his own father, Tug McGraw, had passed away in early 2004, that same year after a battle with uh, cancer. And uh, the two co-writers of the song, Nichols and Wiseman, uh, they uh, this duo revealed that they came up with the song's content while you know talking about a mutual friend, sharing stories about that friend who had been given a misdiagnosis and thought he was dying. Here's a little bit of my version. Uh, sometimes I sing this in the car or in the shower, but I'll, I'll sing it for you now. He said I was finally the husband. Most of the time I wasn't. When I became a friend a friend would like to have. And all of a sudden going fishing wasn't such an imposition. And I went three times that year I lost my dad. And I finally read the good book and I took a good long hard look at what I'd do if I could do it all again. And then I went skydiving, I went Rocky Mountain climbing, I went 2.7 seconds on a bull named Fu Manchu. And I loved deeper, and I spoke sweeter, and I gave forgiveness I'd been denying. And he said, someday I hope you get the chance to live like you were dying. So a little twang uh, country there. I'm not, like I said, I'm not a big country music fan, but that is an unbelievably great song uh, by uh, by Tim McGraw. And uh, uh, give it a listen if you get the chance. Uh, it'll inspire you to uh, definitely uh, carpe diem, live life to the fullest. And now to our final, final segment of the podcast, as appropriately called Parting Gift. We have uh, two quotes for you, a double dose. Uh, the first quote comes from uh, Bob Marley. Uh, reggae King, he says, you never know how strong you are until being strong is your only choice. So, uh, you know, given the opportunity when you have adversity, uh, something life knocks you down, uh, whether it be a health scare or losing someone or losing a job, uh, you know, you, you don't know how strong you are until being strong is your only choice. And then, uh, Robert F. Kennedy said, only those who dare to fail greatly can ever achieve greatly. So a lot of times, you know, we're afraid to take risks because we don't want to fail. We don't want to mess up. We don't want to uh, lose that battle, lose that game, or lose that job. And sometimes, you know, you have to dare to take that risk to fail greatly so you can achieve greatly. Robert F. Kennedy uh, certainly did that. So uh, you heard our uh, closing prayer as I uh, prayed with Rob uh, for him and just for you guys as well, uh, thinking about y'all as we head into the holidays, which can be a very joyous season, but also very tough for folks as well. So uh, thank you so much for choosing the Run the Race podcast. Tell others about it using hashtag Run the Race. And uh, we're gonna we're heading towards episode 100. And uh, thank you again for, uh, for listening. Uh, I know there's a lot of choices out there. And uh, so I'm uh, looking forward to uh, future episodes where we hope to inspire you to become a better person, uh, mind, body, and soul. I hope you have a great day.